0: Hey everyone, welcome to The Pursuit with James Griffin. Today we're talking about why we believe service, not status, determines greatness. Hey everyone, welcome to The Pursuit with James Griffin. My name is Mike Anthony and I'm the discipleship pastor here at Cross Point City. And I'm here with our lead pastor, James Griffin. Now, James, the last few weeks, we've been unpacking our church's conviction statements, and this week, we're down to the last one. Yes. But before we get into that, real quick, pop quiz. It's not really a pop (laughs) quiz, because I said we were going to do this last week. Uh, (laughs) Uh, What are the conviction statements that we've covered so far? Yeah, put me on the spot. Okay, (laughs) so here we go. Anything
1: is possible. Everyone needs a second chance. We need each other. Suffering people are worth fighting for, giving changes people, and we're all in full-time ministry. All right. So we've covered
0: a lot of ground. Yes, we have. All right. So our seventh and final conviction statement this week, Mm -hmm. service, not status, determines greatness. What do we mean? All right, here's how it reads. We believe our God is a God of humility. The evidence is seen most
1: clearly in Jesus who came to our world not to be served, but to serve. He emptied himself and died an obedient death to buy us back to God. Therefore, we will be a people of humble service. We will think of ourselves as Christ thought of himself putting the needs of others before our own. We will not seek greatness through self-promotion or exaltation, but will measure greatness by humility and self-sacrifice.
0: All right, so we're talking a lot about greatness. Yes, we right? are. So what do we need to know about like just this idea of being great or greatness? Yeah.
1: Yeah, great question. Uh first thing, I think we need to know is that greatness is not wrong in and of itself. Yeah. The truth is God put a desire for greatness in us all, which is why nobody wants to be mediocre like at least I hope we don't right Mike I don't <laughs> I don't think you want to be a mediocre dad or no, parent or friend or employee right <laughs> yeah. like if anybody does want to be mediocre that's kind of strange we'd love to pray for you but yeah. <laughs> that's that's not normal right the right. normal desire is the desire to be great to want to make an impact with your life in some way a difference with your life uh we want to be great dads and moms and spouses and pastors and employees and friends and so on and so on. Again, that comes from God. He put that in us. Now, where we often get into trouble is by pursuing greatness in the wrong way. We pursue it in the wrong way. Uh, We see people doing this in our world all the time. We as people tend to base greatness on external measures. right? And so if you talk about people who are great, we start to look at things like money and houses and cars and jobs and social influence, right? And, and the more status a person has, the greater we consider them to be. So the temptation we all face is to pursue those external measures, those external things, all at the expense of serving other people. And what's interesting is that we actually find the disciples doing that in the gospels.
0: Yeah. You know, in light of that, then just speak to that a little bit more. Like so trying to understand like how do we do this rightly. You you talked about the disciples giving us this great picture. Like, yeah. like put some more words around that. Okay. Yeah.
1: So my mind goes to Mark chapter ten. We find this great story of of James and John. The sons of Thunder. The Sons of Thunder, baby. What a great uh, nickname. I've got a brother named John, and our grandfather used to call us the Sons of Thunder. Right, nickname speaks to their personality, their disposition. You know, These are the kind of dudes when they rolled up on you, you could hear them coming. They were just aggressive, ambitious men. But but they come to Jesus and they make an ask of him. These guys were part of his inner circle, by the way. They walked very closely with Jesus along with another guy named Peter. And so this is the only time in the gospels, by the way, that they appear without Peter. Uh, It's just the two of them. And they come to Jesus and they make this very, very humble request. We want you to do whatever we ask of you. No big deal. No big deal. And and none of us have ever prayed like that. So we can sit back and we can judge these guys for just being horrible humans. (laughs) But yeah, Jesus, we want you to do whatever we ask of you. And it's so funny to me. Jesus does not bat an eye. Yeah, He's not offended. You know, he doesn't rebuke these guys. He's like, hey, what, what do you want? And so the request was this, Jesus, we want you to give us the seats at your right and left hand in your glory. Okay, this is why they left Peter out. Uh, those positions that is right and left hand, these are positions of honor, positions of power. Yeah. And there were only two seats. Yep. Jesus didn't have three hands. He only had two. And so Jesus, <laughs> we we love our boy Peter, but we want those seats. Yeah. And, and when they asked for this, they asked it in view of a prophecy given by Daniel in Daniel chapter seven. He speaks there of one like a son of man coming up to the ancient of days and he's given glory and dominion and a kingdom that cannot be destroyed that all people and nations and languages should serve him. Well, Jesus's favorite title for himself in the gospels was son of man. Yeah actually uses it 81 times, and he uses it right before this request. He refers to himself as the son of man. And so these dudes are like our kids. You know, they have selective hearing. Uh, (laughs) Jesus had just predicted his death and resurrection. It's like they didn't even hear that. Oh, that's cool, but I want those seats. That's right. (laughs) All they knew is, hey, we're going to Jerusalem. The son of man is coming with us. And their assumption, I believe, was, hey, when we get there, he's taking over. Yeah he's going to crush our enemy, set up his kingdom, and again to your point, we want the seats. Mm-hmm. Christ, give us those seats. And so it's interesting. They they had it right when it came to Jesus. They saw them uh, saw him in the right way. The problem was these guys saw themselves in the wrong way. Yeah. Saw Jesus rightly, had a wrong view of themselves. For some reason they thought they were deserving of these seats. Um I love it though, Jesus, he's so gracious, he is so kind. And he simply says to these guys, you don't know what you're asking for. <laughs> you don't know what you're asking yeah. for. And then he I, he questions them. Hey, are you able to drink the the cup that I'm about to drink, be baptized in the way that I'll be baptized, which was all symbolic of suffering and judgment and death. He's asking them, like, like can you do what I'm about to do? And I don't know if they were just being silly or dumb or not using their brains, but the answer was, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, But the purpose of the question matters so much. Jesus wanted them to see that in his kingdom, service, not status, determines greatness. Yeah. Okay, this is the conviction that true greatness isn't about external measures that we often look for, mm-hmm. right? It has nothing to do with titles or money or possessions or power or likes or comments, none of those things. It has everything to do with this internal attitude that drives you to serve people, even if it means sacrifice and suffering. And again, these guys thought they were ready for that,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: but they had no idea what they were agreeing to in this moment. Um, It was almost prophetic in a sense because they would in fact drink the cup. They would in fact be baptized in the same way that Christ was baptized, right? Ultimately they would give their lives up for Christ. And so, here, here's Jesus just putting this conviction before him. Guys, I want you to know where true greatness is found. Now, what's interesting is that the rest of the disciples were listening in on this conversation. Yeah. We actually see in the text that they got angry. Yeah, they got something to say about that. Absolutely. I mean, have you ever gotten angry about somebody getting something that you wanted? Never. I've never, never experienced I, that. Me either, Mike. <laughs> I know, just, we're better than these guys. So, but, but, but this implies that these guys heard the question. Yeah that they weren't off in the distance. This was not a private conversation. James and John, Sons of Thunder. I mean, yeah. they were fine asking in front of all the other guys, Jesus, <laughs> we want the seats. And, and so the other guys got angry and Jesus sees what's happening. He senses the anger, the discord, the disunity. And so he calls his guys together, All right, Everybody bring it in. Yeah. And he says to his disciples in this moment, guys, do you know how the Gentile rulers love to lord their authority over people? how they use their money and their power and their titles to just push people around and to get their way. And I imagine the disciples are looking back at Jesus, go, yeah, 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 we know, we know, we know, we get it. And he says to them, it shall not be so among you. It shall not be so among you. I know the world says that's greatness, but in my kingdom, that's not greatness. It is service, not status, that determines greatness in the kingdom of God. And then Jesus tells his guys how to be great. Here's the simple point that he makes. Great people serve people. Yeah. Great people serve people. Uh, in Mark 10, the word servant is the Greek word diakonos. It's where we get our English word deacon. And it refers to a domestic servant or a table waiter. And if you think about a domestic servant or a table waiter, their entire job is to serve people. right? To meet their needs, to find out what people want Desire and to fulfill those things. And so Jesus is saying the same has to be true for us. We are servants. He also uses the word slave, which is the Greek word doulos. And this word is even stronger than diakonos. It means bond servant. In the Roman empire, a bond servant was under contract to serve one master for seven years. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one exception was Caesar's household bond servants who served him. They were under contract for 14 years but this is the person who's completely owned by another. Right. And I know this is somewhat offensive, but Jesus is making the point you need to serve people like they own you. Yeah. And which people are we talking about? All people. Yeah. Uh not just the people that we like, not just the people that we feel are deserving, but every person
0: we come in contact with. Great people serve people. So I think the question that might be on people's minds right now because you know that's that's no little thing. Yes, right. I agree. Um, you know, so you know, I would imagine some people are asking why. Yeah, like yeah. why do we serve people that way? Like, what's our motivation to do that? Yep. Uh, Jesus, that's a good answer. At the end of the day,
1: <laughs> it is it is Him. Mark ten forty five. For even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve, and to give His life as a ransom for many. So I want you to think about the language. Even the Son of Man. Yeah even the one to whom all glory and dominion belong, the one to whom an eternal kingdom has been given that all nations and peoples and languages should serve him, even him. He didn't come to be served, but to serve. It's fascinating. Christ didn't show up making demands. He didn't show up pushing his weight around, touting his greatness. He came as a humble servant and he gave his life as a ransom paid a price to release us from spiritual slavery, spiritual captivity. Like when you and I were enemies of God, deserving of wrath and judgment, unable to do anything about it, Christ paid the price to set us free. And the price was his very own life. But he didn't just release us, free us. He actually adopted us in, Mm -hmm. set us free, and then made us sons and daughters in the family of God. And because that's true, we're also heirs in the kingdom which is fascinating, right? Everything that belongs to Christ now belongs to us all because he served us. Yeah. And so here's the simple point he's making. If I can do it, you can do it. <laughs> if, if I can do it, you yeah. can do it. If I can sacrifice myself to serve and save people like you, well, you can do the same for others. And again, I just want all of you who are listening to know, if you wanna be truly great, that is your only option because great people serve people.
0: Yeah, that's so good, and I think that you know, as we're we thinking about like how like how do we get involved? How do we do that? How do we start serving? I think you know, this is everywhere. That's right, right. So you can serve your neighbor. Yep. You can serve your coworkers. You can serve at one of our gatherings on Sunday. You can serve in the community. You can serve globally. Like yep. it is, it's kind of this pervasive, like all encompassing thing that is our life, right? As a believer in Jesus Christ. Um, so, you know, there's multiple ways that you get connected and serving. If you need help, we would love to help you do that. You can go to our website, fill out our digital connection card and just say, hey, I'd like to serve. Yes. And then, or you can take our next steps class, which is specifically designed to help you figure out what your next step is. That's right. uh, so that's where we're going to wrap it up this week. Um, and next week, James, we're going to switch gears a little bit. Yes, we are. All right. So next week, we're going to be starting in our John series. Uh, and what we're going to start doing is answering questions from the message each week. So as you're listening to uh, the message on Sunday, uh, you can actually you'll be able to actually submit questions. So, you know, if, uh, James, you say something and people are like, man, that's weird. I don't understand that. Uh, (laughs) That never happens. No, not once. (laughs) Or, you know, like if, you know, you're, you're, you want to ask a question and you're just not able to do that in the moment, you'll be able to submit those questions. And then we're going to start, I'm going to start lobbing these things up and you're going to start swinging at them. Should be fun. Right. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think it's going to be really interesting. I'm really excited to see, (laughs) uh, what some of the questions are we get and where some of those conversations go. So it's going to change up a little bit, but it is going to be very, very fun, I think. Uh, So that's it for this week. Um, We will be back next week with a brand new episode, but until then, know that uh, we're here for you and we love you.